she blinded me with science. And then you hear a guy in the back go, science! And the beats uh, are like, I can't do it right now. Um, but if you hear it, you'll, ex no, ex like, this is a crazy thing that you, you say you haven't heard it. It's one of the most common songs, I think, especially if you're into nerd stuff. It, it does sound familiar, but really, you want to know how nerdy I am? It reminds me a little bit of the opening to the Chibi Godzilla anime, of which they only made eight episodes. Well, this is the Big Bang Theory theory. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Kyle. I'm not prepared to talk about Chibi Godzilla. We better get into the You would show. love it. You would love that show. Yeah. It's a bunch of little, it's like Muppet Babies, only with the Godzilla monsters. And then during, they have like a live action sequence where Godzilla is just normal sized and he's palling around in the house with a normal woman and, you know, who teaches him how to like bacon shit. Okay, that does actually sound like something I'd love. You're right. <laughs> I take it all back. Oh, man, I want. Maybe this is because I want someone to bake with, really. And if you're Godzilla or anyone else, I'll take them, you know? Um, anyway, we should talk about the episode we watched today, which was Season 3, Episode 5. Wait, wait, this could be someone's first episode. If this is your first episode of The Big Bang Theory Theory, Nick and I talk about the show, The Big Bang Theory. Okay, now you're all caught up. Yeah, we try to break it down. No, no, don't say any more. They got it. What what happened in this episode? Kyle, I don't like the way you're not yes-anding me. I'm just going to put that You never yes-and me. Yeah, that's because I don't need to. <laughs> I'm the one who knows the rules. I'm the one who gets but, to break but, it. But, 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 That's the opposite of yes-anding. Uh, it's not, not being, the opposite of being no. A, a but is like a sidestep, you know? It's it's like the Aikido version of yes-anding where you're using the person's own... Uh, Mo mo momentum against them. Ah, uh, yes. Improv Aikido. Yes. A lot of people die in that. What? Like getting thrown and breaking their neck or something? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I just like the idea of an improv show that is also that's somehow Aikido-themed. Okay, I'll make that happen. Uh, but, yeah, Season 3, Episode 4. We got our, our two basic plots in this. Uh, on the one hand... Uh, Raj and Waluitz have teamed up, no, sorry, Raj and uh, Sheldon have teamed up to participate in a definitely not Magic the Gathering tour, uh, nement, <laughs> tournament, and uh, the, the prize is $500, but more importantly is uh, Sheldon realizes that uh, Will Wheaton will be participating, and he has had a grudge against Will Wheaton since 90, 1995 when Wheaton did not show up to a Star Trek convention in some southern town. I don't know. It was uh, it was the Dixie Trek convention, yeah, so which I have, to, which is a pretty good. It's fine. It's it's pretty good. Okay, mm. and uh, so Sheldon has no interest in the prize money of five hundred dollars or playing a game that he thinks he's so incredible at that it's no challenge for him. But he does want to destroy Will Wheaton, uh, and so they enter into that tournament at the local comic book shop. Uh, and you know what? It's a uh, Having worked in a comic book shop and had to run magic tournaments, it's hard for me not to imagine the smell. Because the thing that sucks about nerds is that some of the stereotypes are true, and I've definitely had to confront one or two people about their offensive odors. Yeah, yeah, we're recording from across a very long table, and that was a deliberate choice for how we set up this way back in the day. Because if Nick and I actually had to sit right next to each other and record, I think the smell would just be unbearable. 
Oh, I guess we should have been more explicit about why we do this, because I just keep us so far apart so we don't end up kissing the whole time. Mm. Well, now we know how we both feel about each other, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's out there in the open. I, you, you stink, and I want to smooch you for it. I think that's what that all means. Anyway, the other uh, half of the plot is uh, Wallowitz comes to Leonard to invoke a pact that they had made many years ago that if either of them got a hot girlfriend, uh, that person's hot girlfriend would have to set the other nerd up with one of their friends. And so since Leonard has been dating uh, Hot Penny for a month and a half or so, it is now his obligation to have uh, to ask Penny to uh, set one of her friends up with Wallowitz, which uh, Penny is very understandably not excited about, probably because she doesn't want one of her good friends to get sex assaulted or whatever. Uh, but she does cave in. I can't remember. Is there like a specific reason she caves in? Is it because Leonard gives her such good loving? I mean, he does tactically time his request till after he has. A- after they have coitus, after they engage in sexual congress. Yes. Uh, after he learns a technique on Google that apparently blows her mind. And yes. And is so focused on it. Uh, yes. This contained one of the best, like, early 2000 sentences, which is, I was too busy thinking about that thing I read on Google. Which is how people talk about internet references. Uh, I mean, you're right. I guess Google would be too broad, but... Well, I mean, if he'd said either that thing I Googled or that thing on the site which I found through Google... Oh, it's really the, the thing I saw on Google is what is bugging me. Yeah, about. the on Google. Like, Google is a, is a resource that contains direct links to information. Man... I, there are people alive now who do not understand what a weird and novel thing Google was when it first started. How we used to have so many different search engines that gave you so many different quality of results, and you just had to kind of like suck it yeah. up and know that you're not going to know something. You just used Ask Jeeves. Remember Ask Jeeves? Yeah, there were competitive search engines other than Google and Bing. Is Bing still alive? Bing is still alive, but only because I think they have some weird deal with Microsoft so that if you accidentally are using the Microsoft browser or anything you type into, it gets binged. Yeah, that's a good deal. Anyway. Yahoo. Yahoo started, that was like one of their big things was they had a search engine. Oh, that's primarily what they were. And they had it all broken down into different topics. So I would go into Yahoo and then I would click on video games, and then I would click on uh, Nintendo, and then I would search within those two subcategories for any articles that I may be interested in. For Peach's breasts? Uh, no, this was way too early for me to realize that I could look up hot cartoon porn whenever I wanted to. Uh, now that I'm an older man, uh, I know very well... Have you, se- have you seen Bowsette? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm laughing just because I have seen Bowsette. Yeah. But also, to be fair, that's not as niche a question as I I guess you might assume, because there was a minute there where it was pretty hard to not see Bowsette on the internet. I don't remember why she first came up, but I... Oh, I think I saw someone had done a Breath of the Wild mod where you'd play as Bowsette instead of Link. Which, by the way, Bowsette is is the princess version of Bowser who more or less looks like Peach, except uh, she's got fangs and wears leather. Uh, yeah, she's she's hot goth Peach. Yes. So evil hot goth Peach. And you could play Zelda as her. If and she's you, got horns. I guess she has horns. Which you can tell is part of the appeal for the core audience. Well, if she didn't have horns, she wouldn't be a Bowser. 
That's true. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're lucky that she doesn't have a back covered in spines. Anyway, this friggin' show. Uh, uh, Google, yeah. No, I'm sorry. So we were talking about how, why does Penny uh, give in? I also like the, impl- because the implication as it starts is Leonard goes to uh, Penny, hey, you know, I made a pact with Wallowitz some time ago that right. involves you. While they are in bed together, uh, post-coitus, still naked and embracing each other. <laughs> and Penny gives him a pretty appropriate look. Like, I don't know exactly what the implication... Like, what do you think the writers thought the audience was going to think? Oh, I think uh, exactly what uh, you, and to a certain extent I thought, which was the pact was going to be uh, whenever one of us gets a girlfriend, uh, we absolutely have to A-frame her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there's a different version of this episode where Wallowitz and Leonard are slapping each other's hands and yelling out, Eiffel Tower as Penny is reconsidering <laughs> a lot of decisions. I thought, yeah... That honestly, I feel like that would be a step too far, but it wouldn't really be that out of character for Wallowitz to be like, "Can I just watch? You're not even gonna let me watch." Yeah, I can't just, I it's can't just watch. That, that hasn't come up yet. I'm really glad that it hasn't. <laughs> but you're right. At some point, Wallowitz would just be like, "You know, it's like I can put cameras anywhere. She would <laughs> never know. She'd never know <laughs> unless you told her, because I might actually like that she knows." <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, anyway, so she does cave in and sets up Wallowitz on a double date with some, I think I saw in the credits that her name was Bernadette, but I don't remember them actually saying that in the episode. They, uh, I, I had that same thought because, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna, spoilers, Bernadette is, this, she's a regular character. That she was, looked very familiar. That was the inner, this, what was shocking to me is I'm pretty sure she, like, becomes like one of the recurring she is like the second female recurring character on this show she will yeah. be on this show for a long time after things with stephanie didn't work out and she just completely disappeared without explanation yeah this girl who shows up as part of a joke like there's no big herald that but i think she's just gonna keep coming back yeah it's uh, i'm wondering how it's going to play out from here on out though because i mean basically that that's the episode on on the other hand they have the magic tournament um, Will Wheaton turns out to be a bastard and lies to Sheldon about his grandmother having died to win this tournament. Um, but to focus on Bernadette or whatever her name is, how does she play out long term? Because like even at the beginning, Wallowitz is trying to ask her like every single interest she has, uh, all of his own nerdy interests. Like you know, do you like magic? Do you like computers? Do you like video games? Do you like? And she's not into any of it. But. I feel like she's going to be team nerd going on because she wears glasses. So obviously she's not on team bubbly babe. Well, she, so she's got to be, she's, she's like a weird hybrid type monster because she's hot and she works at the cheesecake factory and she's friends with Penny, but she wears glasses and she studies microbiology. Mm. She's what we call a fusion. Uh, Oh, that, you know, you know what? I, it would be so innocuous to be like, yeah, sometimes attractive people are nerds too. But when you go, it's a fusion. That's uh, it grosses me out so bad. All of the all all of the type traits and weaknesses. You got to be careful. Yeah, if you were to call her a daywalker, <laughs> then then I'd be uh, on board. Uh, we don't say daywalker. We say dampier. Isn't Dampier just a vampire? Isn't that just like another like weird oldie term for vampire? Well, uh, I don't. 
in in all of the fiction I've read, the Dampier is a half vampire. It's like Blade, basically, okay. someone who is a child of a vampire and a and a mortal, and so they have some of the strengths of a vampire, but not all of them, and they're immune. Okay. To the, so I don't know if Alucard is a vampire is a Dampier, but Blade definitely counts. So does Vampire Hunter D. He's the first one who came to mind, which is why D stands for Dampier. But what weaknesses does? Well, he can't go out in the daylight or anything like that. He right? can. It just it drains him. It doesn't immediate like he won't immediately burst in the flame, but he doesn't like it. Guess I got to go back and watch more '80s anime. Which, by the way, sequel to Vampire Hunter D. I think I like more than Vampire Hunter D. It, well, it's it's got better production values. It does have that. Uh, I don't know. I I remember the plot generally being about space goths trying to go to the moon so they can be in eternal darkness, and I was like, that sounds fun. Yeah. I'm on to that. Why not let them do? Who are they hurting? Yeah, they're promoting they're promoting science and space travel. Yeah, they're in this weird medieval steampunk society where. They don't really seem to be hurting anyone unnecessarily. Anyway, uh, should we talk about Will Wheaton? Do you have feelings on Will Wheaton? I mean, I so I not a, so. First off, we should probably. I'm sure many people listening to this know, but Will Wheaton is a is an actor whose basically only role, famous role. I think this is right. He never did anything else major, yeah. did he? I, he must have done something, but no one cares. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an, he's a He's an actor. He does a lot of voice acting, I think. I yeah. mean, he's 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 a working actor, but his his breakout role, the one everybody remembers him for, is he played the precocious 14-year-old boy genius uh you know, adventurer on Star Trek the Next Generation, which tried very hard most his of the name was Oh, Wesley Crusher, daughter of or I'm sorry, son of Beverly Crusher. Um which it, it was always sort of incongruous because that show tried to be pretty, you know, serious and straightforward, like philosophical science fiction adventure stories. But then it would always boil down to, oh, no, nobody can figure out how to fix the ship from the weird thing that's breaking it this week. Good thing we have this 12-year-old on board who just happens to, you know, be an expert in engineering and could figure out what our, what our trained engineer and our robot yeah. couldn't do. So, yeah, the real guy is just kind of – I think what's – the main reason he's stayed relevant is because the real guy is actually kind of a nerd, is basically the kind of person who would watch and obsess over the minutia of Star Trek The Next Generation, whether he had ever been in it or not. Yeah. So. Well, he's like an outspoken nerd and like SJW kind of guy, isn't he? Yes, and board gamer extraordinaire. In fact, the one thing I know about the real Will Wheaton is he would never win a game of Magic because he has legendarily the worst luck of any human being who has ever played board games. Are you trying to tell me that you think Magic is luck-based? Because it is entirely income-based. Okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Game. All I'm telling you is, and this is true, he has guest starred on Critical Role before, and I watched that motherfucker roll like six natural ones in a row. Like mathematic, like things you would say are mathematically impossible. I have watched him do, but not in the good way where you think he's cheating, where you might actually wonder, well, maybe he's just making up these rolls. In the incredibly frustrating, you're watching this man bang his head against the table, and you think it, where even like the dungeon master was like, okay, we need to swap out your dice because those are obviously broken. And he just kept rolling natural ones and at the end even like all the rational people were like okay we're we're never like you don't touch my dice dude just don't touch them kyle i'm triggered 
Yes. Because you talk about the, the belief in the dice being bad, and I hate that shit so much. When I used to work at a comic book shop, people would come in, and for those who don't know, most uh, standard dice sets, they come, what is it, like seven dice or ten dice? I don't that, remember. Because, you, you know, you get a couple D6s, I mean, I can a name couple them D10s, a D20, a D4, you know, all that. A percentile die. Yeah. And uh, people would come in, and they would insist on like trying out all the different dice to find the ones that had the good feel. And I just have to stand there like staring and humoring these people as they rolled over and over and over again, trying to find the right dice. And it's, ah, I hate nerds. I do. I really do. That's not really a nerd thing. That's a human nature thing. thing. It's not not a nerd thing. If you, if you were, if you'd been working in a casino, there would have been plenty of old ladies who knew nothing about Star Trek pacing back and forth in front of the slot machine, sniffing them to see which one gave, you know, you know, looking up occasionally to see, you know, when Jesus was going to give them the thumbs up and say, this is the slot machine for you. This is the one that's hot right yeah, now. Funky old gambling addicts are the same as nerds who know how probability. That's what I'm saying. Generally. You're blaming them because you think you actually think nerds should know better. But as we have learned the hard way, there's actually nothing about being there's nothing about liking comic books that actually makes you uh, smarter. Maybe I'm just misunderstand or I or I'm making too many more rational about the baseline knowledge of how dice work, because, of course, no, no dice are perfect. They've all got little blemishes or whatever that are going to influence the roles, but in such a way as to make it immaterial. Ugh. Well, no, I, so, again, no, I think you're fi- it's mostly the question, if you have, like, dice are probability instruments, they should be fairly well-grounded. Um, the odds that a dice is actually broken are pretty low, so if you roll a dice and you roll a bunch of bad rolls, you know, eventually you should start rolling good rolls, and it should all even out at the end of the day to an e- roughly even distribution of rolls. Yes. All that being said, again, I'm not saying it's the dice, I'm saying that I watched... Will Wheaton, king of the miasma aura, roll enough natural ones in a row that any human being sitting there would have been deeply upset by how much the laws of like yes, the it, standard probability curves were broken. And you can be upset about that and still not blame it on your dice. No, you it's not that I'm blaming the man. Yeah, no, do. Because here's the thing. Probability works one way or another. I do believe in luck, though. <laughs> so, so to be clear, but but luck is just it. It's just like the uh, the representation of the probability. Like you roll six ones, that is so unlikely that I think it's fair to say bad luck. That probability is just not working out in your favor. But it's still probability. It's not like someone is just going to do better naturally over and over again. It's not like someone is going to buy the best dice that let them win the game. That well, is not a game you generally win to begin with. Well, I will say, you obviously haven't read any Nicholas Taleb. No, I've not. <laughs> so, uh, this is just... Nicholas Taleb makes this great... Uh, this great... Uh, it's sort of the counter to your point, and it's also pretty... He says, uh, he says the, here's why nerds are never as good at the stock market as they think they're going to be, even though they're good at math and they're never as good at gambling, it's because they don't understand that not everything is actually mathematical. For instance, if you ask a nerd, so here's the question. You walk up to a table and you see somebody flip a coin and the coin comes up heads 10 times in a row. Okay. Okay. What are the odds that the next coin flip is going to be heads? 
Wait, sorry. I spaced out to look at my phone for a moment. So ten coin flips in a row come up heads. Yes. And the guy says, I'll give you two to one odds that the next coin flip is going to be uh, tails. Do you take those odds? Two to one? So I don't know how odds work, but I'm going to say it's still a 50-50 chance. Right. It's a 50-50 chance. I th- what, what I meant was if, you, if it's a double payout for tails, you should take that because it's, you know, it's just as likely to come up heads as tails and two to one is good odds. Um, but here's the thing. If, it, if a real coin really comes up heads ten times in a row, maybe that coin's just fucking rigged. So there are two things about that. One, I think I read that at least with pennies, maybe with all like American coins, they are more likely to come up heads, I think, just the way they're weighted. You know, it's insignificant, but it's, it's a thing. Uh, but if it comes up, t- like, I think... No, I'm not going to give into this. I'm not going to give into the idea that if you're getting a bad, a lot of bad rolls, that you've been you've been tricked with a fake die. Is it possible? Of course. Would would your friends and your D and D game be so ruthless as to trade in trick die for well, you to play with? All right. In the episode that we're watching, does it end with Will Wheaton conning a woman by preying on his love of his grandmother or not? No. I'm saying he, Will he Wheaton cheats at cards. He doesn't cheat his card. He he does use emotional. Uh, manipulation, which, which means does you... make him a real bastard. Yes. Um, anyway, so all of that, all of that uh, great non sequitur aside, I think I I like my new favorite. Uh, Sheldon is evil. I want to destroy someone. Sheldon is is talks like a talks like a an eighties cartoon villain. Sheldon. He is pretty great. Also, uh, I have something that I hope is not happening to anyone that's listening to this show, which is. I've started saying Bazinga. It's coming up naturally in conversation. Why, why would you just drop that on me? When was I supposed to tell you? I don't... I, don't I kn- certainly wasn't going to say it before <laughs> sex. <laughs> we just fucked. No, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I can't help it now. I... Who are you really? I'm the What'd you do person. with Nick? Where's Nick? Remember when we started... Say your real name! Say your true name, Rubble demon! Remember when we started the show, though? I didn't go in knowing I was going to hate it. I went in pretty sure, but questioning. Oh, God. This is exactly how, this is exactly how white supremacy works. I'm glad that that's where our brains were both going, <laughs> that I'm, I'm getting red-pilled as we watch the show. So um, you start off trying to deprogram, and next thing you know, you spend too much time around it. Mm-hmm. Start having some real interesting ideas. All right, we're wrapping up. We're on social media, sort of. We have a Facebook. Uh, people reached out to us to tell us a problem with the podcast feed, which is fixed now. Sorry for not getting to that sooner. I don't know how this stuff works. I asked for help, and someone helped me. Hooray. Uh, we're also on the iTunes for ratings and reviews. That's helpful for us if you do that, so please do. Uh, Come on, people. I keep hearing people say they like this show, but I'm not seeing the iTunes reviews. Yeah, so that means that people like it fine. It's only people who love or hate it that have the gumption to review something. Yeah. We need to really take our brand and move hard in one direction or the other. Anyway, let's move on to our happy nerd things for the week. Shall you start or shall I? Uh, anyway, go ahead. Be my guest. Okay. Uh, so, my nerd for the th- thing for the week, I'm not... It's not a conditional like. It's just the like of knowing that it is flawed. Uh, my my thing for the week is the film Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, which I watched on a plane uh, on my way to Seattle last week. 
And I remember seeing trailers for that movie and like wanting to like it. And I watched at least part of the anime when I was a kid. So I, I was like familiar with the source material. I didn't even know. I mean, I, I was, of course, familiar with the origins of uh, Battle Angel Alita as a, uh, well, I always thought it was Alita, but I guess it, it, Alita makes more sense. But I knew it was a manga. It was also an anime. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and I think I watched it in my mid to late 90s era of going to the creepy video store in town, which is the only one that had all of the anime. Yes, I remember and, those. Yeah, and you'd have to have a long conversation with the proprietor. Uh, I remember him telling us all about, like, gruesome horror movie deaths that were real and things like that. And I'd just be like, I just want to go see my anime titties, bro. Between the creepies of us, I feel lesser so. Uh, anywho, so the... The movie is basically about, uh, it's it's set, I don't even know if it's on real Earth. It's in the distant future. There's cyborgs and shit. There's computers everywhere, man. Like, everywhere. The distant future, the year 3000. Exactly. And uh, everyone refers to the era being after the fall. No one totally explains what the fall is, other than to say that it is a war that destroyed most of the Earth. Yeah, that's a classic lazy world building trope. Yes. And that they're it's after that thing that I that nobody knows exactly what it was because I am too lazy to come up with a plausible well, story they, of Earth's collapse that would have reduced us to this exact mix they, of technological uh, tropes and uh, and wasteland mentality. They draw from it. It's not completely just uh, a black void to start Earth over again. And and part of that is that there used to be all these floating cities. Uh, all of them were destroyed except for one, Zalem, and. Basically, what happens is from Zalem falls trash every single day. Uh, a doctor, engineer kind of guy is wandering the trash heap one day uh, looking for parts when he finds a uh, a very good condition human-like torso almost, like a bust, and finds that it has inside of it still working a brain, which they say is a human brain. They never really clarify whether that means literally a human brain or the futuristic version of like an a positronic engine. brain exactly uh, but anyway he he puts it together in uh, a body and finds out that uh, oh hey this is a, a person now I've got sort of a daughter uh, but daughter wants to fight all the time she's like a pleasant 14 year old girl who will totally stare down these giant like wandering sentry mechs that we have now. Uh, and it eventually, through bits and pieces of forgotten memories, comes out that she is some sort of, uh, how might you say, battle angel. <laughs> uh, but it's hard to get into too much. But, like, she's a robot. Des- what, what that means is she was designed for battle, right? She, it, or, like... At least some part of her was, yes. And it becomes clear as the movie goes on, but there's... There is some ancient thing about her that was definitely a murder machine. <laughs> Uh, and so, basically, what everyone wants except for the doctor, uh, played by oh, Christoph Waltz, Waltz. who's yeah. great in everything. He's great in this, too. They all want to go to Zalem, because that's the wonderful place that where all the dreams are, and they all live in the dirty trash heap underneath it. I, I can't say too much more about the movie, because it's, it'd be super spoiler-heavy. But what I do want to say is that the movie has a lot of fun and good ideas that are all smashed together so tightly that none of them get thoroughly explored. 
And it's a real bummer. Like, I, I don't know. So this movie didn't do great. And that's why I didn't watch it when it came out in the theaters and thought it would just be fine for a plane movie. But I ended up really liking it. But it should have been two movies. Like, they push too much content into one movie. At the same time, they end it with a cliffhanger because they're so confident that they're going to have a second movie, which is probably never going to happen because this one didn't perform very well. Um, and also, I think it was marketed way wrong. It's it's a PG-13 movie, which is pretty open about murdering people on the reg uh, and dealing with, like, I don't know, not super adult themes, but things that aren't necessarily cutesy for 13-year-olds. Like, I wouldn't want to show this movie to, a, like, a 13-year-old. If I were a 13-year-old myself, I'd probably think it rules and lose my goddamn mind. But uh, it, it, it doesn't have gratuitous violence, I wouldn't say. It has frank violence. Like, nothing, like things don't happen off screen. People just get chopped the fuck up. Um, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what else is there? Uh, so her giant eyes in the end didn't bother you? You get used to them. I still hate that, though. They never explain why she has giant eyes, other than that, you know, she's a cyborg or whatever. But there's... It's... I don't know. Robert Rodriguez is like, because <laughs> she's an anime. And that's, I think, the only reason they. It's, that also is why the pacing, because Robert Rodriguez is like, ah, not my strong point. Ever yeah. see Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Oh, that movie rules. It also <laughs> rules. Also, plot makes no goddamn sense. No, not really. It's. I was trying to sell somebody on that movie a few days ago. The only, I just remember that Johnny Depp's par- character has a fake arm for no discernible reason. Like, he has two he working arms, sneaky. and then he has a third arm. He needs his sneaky arm that he uses to great effect. Um... Anyway, I'll end it there. Go see Alita Battle Angel if you want to take a um, chance on something that is weird but fun. Yes. What's your thing? Uh, I'm also going to recommend a movie. My movie is The Farewell, which was pretty great little wholesome indie movie that's getting a lot of... I, I avoided watching that last week because I didn't want it to give me too many feelings. <laughs> it, it is a lot of feelings. So the the point of... The, there's no... Uh, it's not like a surprise. The point of The Farewell is... Uh, uh, a young woman, basically a. Mo- I mean, it's funny because I identified a lot more with the main character played by Aquafina than I thought I would. But it was basically just like, oh, she's she's a she's a sad young millennial who's turning thirty, but whose life hasn't really started due to you know various economic hardships and the fact that she just can't get her shit together the way society expects her to. But now she has to go to a big family reunion full of all the people who do have their shit together, and she's just going to be kind of the weird one standing out. But everyone still loves her, and it's okay. Um, I was like, wow, all the feel. But anyway, the real reason they're having a family reunion is because their grand, her grandmother, the beloved matriarch of the family, is dying of cancer, and they have decided not to tell her um, because of. Chinese cultural reasons that they spend a lot of that they spend some time dissecting, you know, don't get really into. I'm not super judgmental about it, but it is an interesting idea whether whether a family has a right or not. Like in a in um, there's a funny scene, uh, and a lot of the movie is in Chinese, oh. uh, which isn't. I mean, it's 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 almost a foreign film. The main characters is very American, but it's almost a foreign film and that's set almost entirely in China and almost all of the dialogue is Chinese. But there's a great scene where the dad is like, you know, in my country, we couldn't even do this thing. We couldn't just not tell someone that they had to do. It would be, uh, it'd be, what's the word? And he's trying to find the, he's speaking in Chinese. Aquafina is just like illegal. Mm. She's like, Oh yeah. He's like, yeah, illegal. 
Um, and so that's sort of interesting, but it's, yeah, it's just a really wholesome sort of lovely movie about people's relationship to the older people in their lives and family and sort of the weird ways family rub each other weird ways, but are mostly just like have good memories and all that stuff. Really enjoyed it. Nice. So two nerd recommendations are Alita Battle Angel and The Farewell. The Farewell. Um, Aquafina's cute. That's frustrating. She is cute. Yeah. Isn't she like a a music person originally? Did yeah. she do? Was she a rapper? I think so. Yeah, I, I think Aquafina is her rap name. Yeah, this is going to be one of those uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air things where I only become aware of someone after they have transitioned out of their music career and into their acting career. Well, to be fair, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was happening, I think, concurrently to him being just the Fresh Prince the rapper. Well, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. I meant, like, but my main point is I know a lot, like... I never, you know, Fresh Prince and J- I literally only like a week ago learned that there was another guy. I was like, someone was like Jazzy Jeff. And I was like, Jazzy who? You don't know about DJ Jazzy Jeff? He was always getting thrown out of their house. I knew that character. I didn't realize that that character on that show was the other half of their like iconic, like That's- sort of pseudo, like, jo- like, I also didn't realize that they were basically like parodies of like the whole point was they were sort of like the jokey version of Eric B and Rakeem, but were not intended to be taken entirely seriously. I don't know. I took them pretty seriously when I was thinking about how my parents also don't tend to understand things. And how I also like the summertime. (laughs) Girls sometimes are trouble. Yeah. Yeah. 